right now we're going to bring on our next guest. We've got Alan Adler joining us this morning to talk about some third quarter earnings coming out of some of these companies. And Alan, I read Packard's earnings yesterday in our headlines, another record quarter. And I don't think that that's a surprise really to anybody. Is that kind of the general trend right now in our truck makers is continuing to see record profits? Well, I think Packard uh, kind of stands out, to be honest with you. I think that they have continued. I think it's 84 straight years of profitability. Uh, you know, they, they just keep building. You know, it, it's really interesting. You know, for quarter after quarter, we talk about their parts business, which continues to, to grow. And as they add more global uh, presence with distribution centers and things like that, they're going to grow that revenue even more. Um, on a profitability side, I mean, you know, they take price because they can take price that is higher prices on their trucks because people want their trucks and so you know at least in the case of uh, uh, some of the flagship products like the Peterbilt 579 model 579 the the Kenworth uh, T680 these are these are desirable trucks not only do they get good dollars for them new but they do really well in the used market and as I look at Packard, there's really not a part of the business that seems to be slacking now the interesting thing as I looked after writing the story is that they're really going to pour a bunch of money into R&D, into research and development over the next year or so. A part of that is going to bring us their second generation electric truck, which is a big deal because it will be shown first as a, as a DOF truck in Europe uh, next year, and then it'll be here probably in 2025. But the, um, you know, advancing the ability to charge uh, faster and, uh, and for longer ranges, that is what's really going to make a difference. And Packard is not a loud company. They're very quiet, but they're very, and very deliberate, but they're very buttoned down in terms of how they go about the business. I kind of dovetails, unfortunately, beautifully into my next question, which was, uh, what, is, what about them has made them so good for so long? I mean, obviously, you've got other truck pickers out there that uh, are on the same path. They're trying to build essentially the same products. Uh, but what has made them head and shoulders above everybody else in terms of just being able to continuously win, win, win year after year? Okay. Um, I don't know if I can fully answer, but let me give you an example, Bill. Okay. Back in May, we went, to, uh, we went to Texas for the reveal of the 589. Packard, or excuse me, Peterbilt, uh, rented out the entirety of the Texas Motor Speedway, invited more than 900 uh, owners and dealers and all kinds of folks to come out. And they, of course, they didn't take over the track, uh, you know, from a human perspective, but they really brought in this new truck, which replaced a, a, the venerable 389. This is the long hood truck that you see on the road uh, from time to time. They had a truck show with 200 or so exhibitors of 389s and other Peterbilts. There's a fan base to these, to these trucks. That particular story out of that trip honestly, I think had the most views of anything I've written this year. And I was sort of scratching my head and wondering why. It's because people love Pete's and they love those trucks. So one of the things that Peterbilt and Packard has managed to do is, is build a fan base in addition to a, a fleet buyer base, you know. So, uh, you know, as they bring out new products, and that's another thing that's really been remarkable about them is they've now pretty much turned over in the last two to two and a half years, their entire product lineup across Kenworth and and Peterbilt and Doff Truck, um, so that what they're selling is new, it's current, and it is uh, you know technologically advanced. We won't go into all that here, but but I think the idea is that they just, like I said, they're very deliberate about everything they do, and uh, you know they've rewarded shareholders. Uh, you know, with uh, there was a three for two stock split last year, 
every December now, there's sort of a special dividend to, to owners of the stock. You know, so they kind of hit all the buttons, really. It looks like they are, they've built a fan base and that fan base continues to reward them. Alan, let's talk about some of the other makers that have reported so far for Q3. Anyone that's come out with any surprising numbers, either surprisingly good or surprisingly bad? Well, I was interested yesterday um, in in Wabash. Um, Wabash is the trailer maker that has sort of remade its entire business over the last couple of years. Um, they, they have all the products in one place and all the parts and services in another. And what they've been doing over the last year or so is signing long-term deals, both for uh, you know, with companies like uh, J.B. Hunt has signed on for, uh, I don't know, about 15,000 trailers over the next few years. And what that's allowed uh, Wabash to do, and they are the only publicly traded trailer maker. So, you know, we couldn't compare them necessarily to, you know, Hyundai Translate or, or to Great Dane, uh, even though they're strong competitors. Uh, we only get to see the, the you know, public reporting from Wabash. But <clears throat> what uh, Brett Yagi and the team there has done is sort of create this ability to now sign long-term supply deals, for example, with someone that makes the wood flooring for their trailers, because they know they've got the forward business to go with it. Um, trailers, and of course, trucking in general, we know is super cyclical. Um, what Wabash is trying to do is, is, is smooth that out. Uh, most of their customer base are the big fleets, um, you know, that, that buy lots of trailers. And so what they're trying to do is is get away from some of these bumps uh, you know, highs and lows that you see in the industry. And so far, they seem to be getting it done. Um, you know, they they just did a, a big IT deal, which I haven't really looked into, to, you know, they talk about the digitization of trailers. I, I mean, it kind of makes my eyes glaze over, but there is real, there's real work going on there to make us a much more efficient business. I mean, trailers literally sort of bounce along and, you know, it's it's not a very exciting place, but but what Brett Yegi's done uh, at Wabash, I think is is kind of a, a, a major uh, revamping of a business. We've got about 90 seconds left here, Alan. As you look at it, anything from the tech sector, either obviously EV, autonomous, in terms of any, any earnings reports that have caught your eye? Well, we're we're a little bit ahead of some of those guys reporting. I mean, obviously, we've got a real strong interest in Nikola next uh, Thursday or Friday, the 2nd of November, uh, waiting for that. There, hopefully, there'll be some illumination on the deal that they got, you know, uh, around the the, the uh, mediation with Trevor Milton, although I wouldn't count on it because I think they're going to keep that quiet. But we'll learn more, hopefully, about this recall, what the costs of that are, things like that. Um, the others that we covered, you know, Trayton, uh, you know, they tend to take a, a nine-month view rather than three months, so we didn't really get a big breakout. We're not really seeing much on on the Navistar numbers, which are inside Trayton now, but uh, clearly the Navistar acquisition a couple of years ago has made a big difference for them. It's going to be interesting to watch for sure. Alan, thank you for joining us this morning. And of course, we had Truck Tech yesterday. What about the newsletter coming up tomorrow? Will we see you tomorrow as well? Yeah, well, I, you know what you're what you're going to see this weekend. I've got to get I got to get busy here, folks. Um, is is a sort of a scorecard. We're going to look at a scorecard at how a lot of these electrification and autonomous startups have done. Um, you know, we're not going to assign letter grades or anything, but we're just going to give a quick blurb on probably more than a dozen companies this week. And uh, you know, we also have uh, kind of a new feature. I don't know. We'll do it every week. We've got uh, a video uh, uh, truck tech bonus an extra interview from Mujib Ijaz at uh, One talking about the history of electric vehicles and some of the amazing stuff he's collected that sits in the lobby of their business over in, in Novi, Michigan. 
Great stuff there. Of course, you can check out Shark Tech on Wednesdays. As you just saw, of course, the newsletter coming out on Friday there as well. Alan, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. 